0: Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate
1: it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland.
0: Pastor Paul Begley, and you're in for a powerful, I mean, powerful show today. This changed everything. Have you ever said that or had that moment or thought this through? Well, I'm serious when I'm getting ready to tell you. Uh, Bishop Larry Raglan is joining us again by popular demand because we got to know the rest of the story. And the story is so moving and so incredible even. But wait till you hear it and how God brought him through. This changed everything. And some of you today, you may be going through a period of time in your life where it doesn't look like there's any hope or any way out. I'm here to tell you something. Jesus Christ can change everything. We'll be right back in just a moment. All right, folks. All right. All right. Now, this changed everything. Bishop Larry Raglan, Birmingham, Alabama, Solid Rock Church.
1: What do you mean? This changed everything. Well, I thought you. you
0: already had your defining moment. Oh. She already saw greatness in you. I'm beginning now to learn.
1: What? I'm beginning to learn. You just keep having defining moments, I guess, for I the, guess. Rest, the rest of your life. But, but yeah. Um, in the last program, we talked about how you know God had re- had restored my life through those five words. I see greatness in you, coming from my my girlfriend, future wife at that time. Uh, And then here we are, you know, we're pastoring now, we've got two children, we've gone through several building programs, Uh, God is opening the doors for me to preach the gospel all around, and uh, everything I dreamed to do for the Lord, I was doing. I was so busy for the Lord uh, that I really began to neglect and couldn't see what I was neglecting, Uh, mainly my wife and my children. And then um, certainly one night after a great revival meeting we had, people were saved, people were healed, miracles happened. It was tremendous. I'm sitting there just praising the Lord for everything that happened, thinking my wife was right there with me. For those Which things, she was. She was. Right. she was excited about those things because that's her heart too. Right. Uh, but she couldn't see past her pain, and she had literally had enough. She could not go another night. That's when she grabbed my hand and told me, you know, the same woman that gave me those five words that changed my life, also gave me words that was literally going to change my life again, and and not the way that I thought they would. As when she looked at me and she said, "You don't even realize what's going on, Larry." She said, "I, I love you, but I'm no longer in love with you. Right. And and our marriage is in trouble. And she said, uh, "I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not walking away right now, but I." We'll walk away from this marriage I will not live a life like this I will not be neglected I will not see our family neglected like this And she said, so I'm giving you one year mm-hmm. and one year from today if things have not drastically changed in your life I've not seen you go back to the man that I love and things have not changed in our life because we were hurting financially our church was, we were just in a lot of trouble in a lot right. of ways and she the stress of that was incredible on her and I realized now how much of that she was carrying. Well, just like anything else, I, every time anybody gets in those moments, you you make those promises. I made the I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. So I left that night driving back, just thinking, you know, many of the tendencies of my father, because I remember hearing my father say things like that to my mother, making her promises in the heat of the moment, not to change, still go back to the same way. And I just realized I'm destined. I, 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 that old man that that was that kept me down that I thought was defeated, in the words I said, greatness in you, was still there. I was still having to deal with some stuff. He was creeping back up. But I made a declaration. I made a, pro- a proclamation. And that year, uh, it was towards the end of the year, I started declaring because 2007 was coming okay. to all the preachers. Seven's the number of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Seven's going to be the greatest year of your life. So the last half of 2006, I was saying, I'm telling you right now, for me and this church and you, is going to be the greatest year of our lives. 2007, New Year's, it's oh, going to
0: be like heaven. Yeah, tw- I, yeah, that's right. Know, you know, we, we, all all we, we all did it. We all did it. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah. New Year's Eve night... 2007, it counted down. I proclaimed it, spoke it over our life. And uh, you probably don't remember this, but the first Sunday after New Year's uh, Eve in 2007 was uh, was January 7th. Okay. The first Sunday. So on January the 7th, 2007. Okay. I mean, that was a big day That's in the a church. Big you know, we're big like, oh, I mean, that can't be no greatness. So I go home that night, and uh, I'm sitting there in my, my recliner. My wife is working upstairs. My kids are playing in the basement. I'm sitting there watching TV. And it sounds like I'm making this up, but I'm not making this up. This is true. Somewhere right around 7, 7 o'clock, o'clock on January the 7th, 2007, a pain hit me like I've never felt in my life. I was, I fell out of my chair and fell to the floor and began to scream at the top of my lungs. My wife came running down there to me. I don't know what's going on. I'm holding my stomach. I'm just dying in pain. She's like, "What are you? What are you what is, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like a knife was jabbing me. Well, it went on and on and on for hours. I eventually told her, look, I, I don't know what's going on with me. Go to bed. I'm going to stay down here. I'm going to lay down here on the, on the couch, and I will take the kids to bed. So all night long, I put a pillow on my face to cover my screams. I was screaming in pain all night long. Oh, my. And the next day is my birthday. January 8th is my birthday. Okay. Next day. Wow. Same day as Elvis Presley. Thank you very much. But <laughs> but uh, So January 8th, the next
0: day was my birthday. <laughs> it's better than having your birthday, December 21st, the day of the apocalypse. Okay? <laughs> that, that, Which is that, what mine that, is. That's true. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome.
1: But, okay. So the next day, she comes downstairs. I am sweating. I'm just covered. I'm soaking wet. Yeah. I've got a fever. I'm dying of pain. And I, I, she's like, what do you want me to do? I said, get the kids to school, and you're going to take me to the hospital. So they took me to the hospital on my birthday in 2007, and they did every test in the world on me. They stuck tubes down my throat. They did x-rays. They did everything in the world except a CAT scan. And uh, they determined, crazy as it sounds to say it now, that I had severe stomach acid, gave me a prescription, and sent me home. So they said, you're going to get better. So I went home. I took that prescription for stomach acid. I laid there. I got sicker every day. And I could not, no matter how much uh, medicine I took, I could not break the fever. And uh, so three or four days in, they called to check on me. My wife said, look, he's not getting better. He's getting much worse. They said, bring him in. We're going to test him, see if it's his gallbladder. So they brought me in. They'd done the test on me. They right. shot the dye in me. As soon as they shot the dye in me, uh, I screamed in pain. So they just they just decided, okay, it's your gallbladder. So that was seven days after the, the, after the initial Hit the initial hit. it had already been a week. Yeah, that all this I'd been going through all this. So they scheduled for my gallbladder to be taken out ten days after the initial uh, thing happened to me. So I'm in there for the same day surgery. My wife and I are sitting back there. They're prepping me for the same day surgery, telling me I'm going to be home in a couple of hours. And uh, so he comes in there and he says, "Why?" He looks at my wife. He says, "Why is, does he still have a fever? He should not still have a fever. Has anybody done a cat scan on him?" And she said, "I don't know." He said, we're going to do a CAT scan on him before we do the gallbladder. So he's done a CAT scan on me. And my wife tells it better than me because it was such a blur to me. Uh, he brought me back in there. And when he brought me back in, and my, the doctor came and looked at my wife. And he said to my wife, I don't have time to talk to you. I don't have time to explain anything to you. I am taking your husband right now to emergency surgery. If I do not take him right now, there is no telling. He may not make it. So wow. we're, we're like... We're looking at each other going, what? I thought it was a gallbladder. I thought my gallbladder was coming out. They they was like, no, your appendix has ruptured, and I've never seen anything like this in my life. The doctor said that. The doctor said that. Wheeled me out. He ended up doing an appendectomy on me Mm -hmm. that lasted for almost an hour and a half, which is an appendectomy lasts 15 minutes, 20 minutes now. Coming up on two hours. He brought in another doctor to help him. And in the history of his career, he had never brought in another doctor to help him. So when I wake up, I wake up in ICU. He comes down, he tells my wife, he says, she says, why is it taking so long? What is going on? This is the words he said to my wife. She's told me this many times. Your husband had enough poison in his body to kill five men. Five men would die with what is inside your husband. Wow. And he said, the only thing that saved your husband was that he is in such a low percentile of where the where his intestines are in his gut that they walled off all the poison and kept it in a pocket and kept it from spreading through his body that would have killed him before he ever got in the hospital. Because mm. we believe his appendix ruptured on January 7th. Wow, so 10 days. 10 days I laid in my house with a ruptured appendix with poison going through my body. Uh-huh. She told him, uh, he told her, uh, you just need to know he's going to be in the hospital multiple times. We are going to have to put pump antibiotics in his life, into his body. And we hope that he will, he will get and over That he'll this. make it. So that set into a cycle. I, I just can't even believe what's going on. So I finally make it through that. I get out of ICU and I come out, ICU come out. And then I start getting infection again. So it starts a cycle. This is all in 2007. So... I'm back in the hospital again for another six days with nothing but antibiotics. I get out. I get sick again with sepsis. I go on a vacation finally after three times in the hospital. uh, And while I'm on vacation with my trying to get around with my daughter, I start going blind. Going blind? I start going blind. I'm trying to put, put, put golf with my youngest daughter. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I can't stand up. I start losing my sight. I start going blind. I cannot see to, to drive, to get back to my wife. I tell my wife, I think something's in my contacts. Put my contacts out. I went and bought solution, started trying to wash my eyes. I was losing my sight. They, she called the doctor and they said, get him home right now. He has sepsis poison. It's, it's killing him. He's dying right now. Get him home. So they got me home. They put me in the hospital for, I think, about 10 days of doing nothing but pumping antibiotics in me. So I get I get over that, Paul. I've done been in the hospital now four times in the first four months of, of, of one of year. 2007. I've gone through blindness. I've gone through pain. I've heard a doctor say to me, the chief of surgery at this hospital, the chief of surgery, I have never in my career ever seen anything like what I saw inside of you. That's what he told me. That's what he told my wife. I'm over it. I'm fine. I'm getting stronger. I can see something positive happening with me and my wife. I'm thinking I'm almost there. And then one day I'm sitting in my office at the church, and we look at the news, and the news says um, there's a storm coming through. There's a tornado on the ground, and this tornado is crossing over, and they named the road. They said, if you live anywhere along this road, which is seven miles south of this city that we live next to, get out or get to your safe place now. Well, my house was right on the side of that road, exactly seven miles. 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 Here we go with the sevens again. The sevens again. My children had just got home off the bus. They were in that house by themselves. So I look at my wife. I jump up. I say, it's crossing our house. I've got to get home to my children. So I'm driving down the road. I look up. I see the wall cloud coming. I I know where my house is. It is literally going towards my house. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I get to the house. I walk in the house. All the doors are open. I'm screaming for my children. My children are nowhere to be found. I could smell something burning. I thought they had made an ego or something and it burned in the toaster. Yeah. I would go over to the basement. I'm trying to open the basement door. God tells me, do not touch that door. I hear my daughter screaming. I go outside. My oldest daughter is on the ground screaming to the top of her lungs, get out of the house, Dad, get out of the house. And I said, what is it? She said, the house is on fire. The house is on fire, Dad. And I said, what? The ha- she said, the house was on fire. And I turned around and looked, and smoke was coming out all the top of my house. It was on fire. It was burning, and it was burning from the basement. And, and I, the Holy Spirit told me not to open that door. Yeah. I ran outside. There
0: would have been a backdraft. It would have been you- a
1: backdraft. As soon as I ran outside, I couldn't find my youngest daughter. My, he, I said, where is my youngest daughter? Where, where's, where's your sister? She's at the neighbor's. And before I realized it, Paul, the adrenaline kicked in. I ran across the field and leaped over a barbed wire fence. Just jumped jumped it, just cleared it, trying to find my daughter. But when I did, I didn't realize I had ruptured my incision inside of me and created a hole in my intestines, which created the biggest obstacle of my life. While I'm standing there watching my house burn. burn,
0: And a tornado on the way. And a tornado
1: on the way, poison has been released inside my body that would set me into motion of literally almost killing.
0: Stop! Me. Stop! 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 Job! Job! Yes! Yes! yes. Job! Yes. yes, yes. We'll be back in just a moment. All right! All right! I mean, I don't know if I'm watching the movie Twister or, or the or, or Backdraft. I don't know which one it is. Are you Kurt Russell? So I mean, tornado fire. Poison? Come on. What, yeah, so yeah. How do we get out okay, of this?
1: Okay, so so as Paul Harvey would say, here's the rest of the story. Okay, All And right, there's so more in the book than you're more even in the sharing book. with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not even sharing. I'm really just touching it. I mean, there's so much more that happened. You know, I used to answer the phone. as Pastor Job, can I help you? Because that's what I felt like. I felt like everything I loved was yeah. falling apart. So I'm standing there not even really realizing the poison in my body. And um, so as I'm watching my house burn... And and all this is go- going through my body. I'm just like, okay, God, what is what is happening now? So, so we got we we they were able to save part of the house, but much of the house burned and was it was unlivable. So we had to get out and we found a place to stay. And I was still feeling okay, and then I started getting sick again, really bad sick. And uh, when I got really bad sick that time, I went back in. At that time, I was able to diagnose myself. I knew what sepsis felt like. I knew what poison felt like in your body. I knew I'd had an infection again. What I didn't realize is that when that poison had set up against my uh, intestine, uh, it had killed my intestine. So my previous time in the hospital before my house caught on fire, they had removed a foot of my colon and a foot of my small intestine. Wow. So when I jumped that fence, I ripped the stitches in Mm -hmm. my colon Mm loose. So everything that was coming in my mouth was never going beyond that spot. It was just pouring poison off in my body. It was killing me. So they put me in the hospital, and they literally told me at first, this is going to take about two or three days. They put a tube in the side to drain the poison. They said it will heal in about two or three days. Well, two or three days turned into a week. Turned into 14 days, turned into 21 days. Ended up being 31 days straight in the hospital. Uh, And in those 31 days in the hospital, I was not able to have any food, any water. They would not even take a wet sponge and touch my lip. I had no ice. Nothing touched my mouth at all. For 31 days. Days. 31 days my wife jokes about me because they fed me through my my tube yeah and it's 3,000 calories a day and she's like the least it could happen is you to lose some weight but uh, you're gaining weight not eating uh, she's yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. that's not that's not funny okay <laughs> no, i'm the one no. dealing with it yeah. but it went on and on and on and by the time i got to around 24 or 25 days i began to lose hope pastor i was i was just like you know i preach healing i preach God yeah thats that, that. that, that what is going on here God where are you right now the world is going on around me. So I'm laying there in this hospital bed. My wife is having to rebuild our house while I'm a man laying. There, I can't do it. She's coming in the, uh, the hospital room, carrying carpet samples and ceramic tile samples, laying them on my hospital bed while we're having to make decisions on my house in the hospital bed. Cause I can't be there. And I'm laying there, I'm laying there, I'm laying there. And day 28 uh, was a holiday and I told her, go home and be with the girls. And they were, they had, went to a pool and they were swimming. I could hear them laughing and, and playing in the background. And I'll never forget, you're talking about another defining moment. I heard my child yell out, Daddy, Daddy, when are you ever coming home to us? And uh, I told I told Sandy, I said, Hey baby, just go have fun with them. I'm gonna let you go. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I got off the phone, Pastor. When I got off the phone, I did something I'd never done. I had it out with God. Okay, uh-oh. I said some things to God that I'm ashamed that I said to God, I told him he had failed me. I told him he had left me. I told him I had given my life to him. My family had sacrificed. My marriage was in trouble because of what I did for him. And you won't even get me up out of this bed. You won't even find out what's wrong with me. They don't even know why this will stop. I went on for about twenty-five minutes, railing against him. Not a nurse came in. No one came in there. It was me and God. You know, Job, Job had a similar moment. Yes, when he, he did. said,
0: "Where are you?" I, I I cursed the day I was ever born. Yes, that, okay. and that's where I that's was. That's kind of where you are That's where I was. Okay.
1: I, I and and I'm telling you, I gave it everything I had to God. There's only been a few times that I feel like I've heard God speak directly. Most time, it's that inward witness. Right. But I heard the voice of God when I said everything I wanted to say to Him. This is what I heard, Pastor. I heard the Lord say to me. Are you through? Are you finished telling me about me? Now let me tell you about you. Oh, oh. And he began layer upon layer upon layer. He, un, he peeled me like an onion. Mm. Mm. And I saw myself like I was watching a movie theater uh, screen. Why my wife felt the mm. way she felt? Why my children felt the way they felt? Why God was not moving in the altars like He used to? What had happened to me? And it broke me. And at that moment, I cried out to God. I repented to God. I had a moment with God that I had not had from since the, probably the first time I gave my life to God. The glory came in that room. There was peace that came in that room. And I remember taking a deep breath and I remember saying, "Okay, God, I see what I've got to do. Thank you, Lord." I was so grateful. And at that moment, it was probably 30 minutes. No one was coming in every 10 minutes. checking. Nobody me. Okay, came in. Nobody came nope. in. This woman walked in the door, Pastor. And it's just what she said to me. She goes, I apologize for the confusion. We're in the middle of a shift change or somebody would have already been here. I'm sorry, sorry. that nobody's been. Here. I said, <laughs> ma'am, appreciate you saying that. But it had nothing to do with the shift change. Me and God's been talking in here. And I come out of that. And I'm going to tell you something. That day. The doctor came in and he said, we're going to do one more test on you. He went downstairs and this is what he found. He found that 28 days earlier when they stuck that tube in me, I had so much poison in me they couldn't see it. So they were doing blindly, trying to find a place to suck the poison out. They had stuck the tube right perfectly inside the hole. And for 28 days my body had grown around that plastic tube and was never what? going to heal. It had become a part of part my body. Of you. So he had to literally break it free and pull it, which hurt like you wouldn't believe, and pulled it out of my body. My body had, the tissue had to release. And as soon as he pulled it out, two days later, I walked out of the hospital bed, walked out with my wife. She could see it. I could see it. God had healed our marriage. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We are madly in love with oh, each other. Oh man, I tell you! Come yeah, on, come that on! That is it. the greatness right there. <laughs> we are madly in love with each other.
0: Oh, oh! I mean, with this, see, you know what? This proves that that love is the most strongest yes. force. On the planet. Yes. For God so loved the world. Yes. That he gave his only begotten yes. son. Yes. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting, everlasting life. Right? life. Yes. But the love, you know, the love between a man and a woman, the love for your wife, the same for me. Yeah. The love is incredible. She has seen me through yes. all yes. the issues and the breaking my neck and all that. Yes. Yes. They, there's something about, there's something about that bond that it's it's eternal, I'm starting to think it's an eternal bond. Yeah.
1: Come on. Come on.
0: I think it's beyond this this yeah. world. Yeah. I, I know it's till death do us part, but I'm, th- I'm telling you, I think sometimes, maybe all times, but certainly in my case, maybe yours, yeah, come this on. thing is That's eternal. baby. Okay, come it's on. eternal, yes. Yes. and uh, we're, we're blessed.
1: I'll never forget the day, uh, not long after that, just in a casual conversation, I said, I love you. And she said, I love you. And then she grabbed me, and she said, and I'm in love with you. Okay. And I was like, I was like, oh, <laughs> woo! thank yeah, you Jesus. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So,
0: you know, I guess the all of the pain, the adversity, all the different things, you know, drew you closer. Yes, oh, yeah. Uh, it also humbled you beyond anyone can be humbled. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't hit the rock bottom any lower, you yeah, know, right. it doesn't seem. So, I, I, I don't want to say what happened from there, because this book is going to tell us more yeah. about oh, that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But certainly... What people need to know is that God is the God of more than enough. He's the God of overcoming. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. He likes to overcome because He wants the glory. Yeah. Well, I've often said, and I'm sure many other preachers have said this too, the most powerful force on this earth, obviously, is the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second most powerful force on this earth is a man or a woman who knows who they are in God. Amen. And when you finally know who you are in God, nothing, absolutely nothing can stop you. And, And so... For the first time in my life, I was was a pastor. I've been a pastor for years. I finally found truly who I was in God. I finally was at peace with myself. And then all of a sudden, not only did you hear my marriage, not only did you touch my family, my church began to be blessed. Oh, here we go. Everything your hands touch begins to be blessed. Here we go. You begin to see you've now positioned yourself what God's been trying, God's been trying to get you, but you would not allow yourself to see yourself there. So it took me, and I hope it never takes you viewers and anyone to have to go through what I had to go through. But I had to go through, pardon me for saying this, pure hell on earth yeah. to finally realize, God, you do have your hand on me. And I'm so thankful that he said to me, now let me tell you about you. Because when he did that, it showed me he knew it all. But he still loved me. He did not judge me. He never left you either. He never left me. He said, son, I know every one of your failures. I'm going to point them out not because I judge you, but to tell you that is not who you are. Amen. I know this is who you think you are. Amen. But here's where you failed. Here's where I need you to repent. And watch what I'm about to do with your life. And it changed my life forever. Folks, we'll be right
0: back with more of Bishop Larry Ragland in just a moment. All right, folks, all right, can I say it again? Get the book, I See Greatness in You. Go right now to LarryRaglin.com. That's LarryRaglin.com. And
1: get the book ordered. Larry, where can they find the book? They can they can get it there at LarryRaglin.com. They can ask, actually also go to I See in Uh And, you know, anywhere books are sold, you can order them through Amazon, all the normal places, they're there. Or you can go directly to our website.
0: All right, and let me say, folks, uh I want to just quickly say to you, get ready. Because next week we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a lot about I see greatness in the church. Yep. And what about the end time revival? Yes. And what does this all mean? Yes. And folks, let me say, go to my website at Paulbegleyprophecy.com. Find out about everything that was going on in our <laughs> ministry. It's amazing. we we got our hands in so many things now, but uh, God's really blessing. Yes, sir. We praise God for that, so check it out. And let me
1: just say also, I am going to be preaching for you in October. October, I can't wait. We'll have our Elevate Conference, October 13th through the 15th, and then on that 17th, that Sunday, Paul Begley will be with us oh, at Solid man. Rock Church in Birmingham. Man. Yes, man.
0: Everybody, you should be planning right now. Yes. You should start planning. That's October 15th, 16th. No, 13th. 13th, 14th, 15th. And you're the 17th. And I'm 17th. Yes, sir. So plan it now. Don't miss it. The only place to be, be there or be lost out there. Go to Birmingham, all right, right? Yes, right. Go to Birmingham. Now, some of you are watching right now, and I want to say to you, you may have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, wow, if a pastor goes through all that and he survives it, I haven't went through all that, but I have some struggles in my life. I got some areas in my life and sin is in my life. Well, listen, that's what Jesus came for. That's what he came for, to die for your sins. And let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will touch the hearts and the souls of those listening. Lord, that you will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us and make us a new creature in Christ. And we believe this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Bishop? Yes. Come back one more week. I'm doing it. I'm one here. One more week. I can't wait. I can't, one wait. More. I can't okay. wait. See you next week.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.